Today's bonus episode of the Buttecast is brought to you by Park Street Liquors. If you're looking for it, Park Street Liquors has it. Stop by and see Tom and the crew today. They can assist with your corporate event or wedding by helping create and plan your wine and spirits menu. They can also point you to the finest whiskeys, regional spirits, or the latest RTDs. Park Street Liquors. Call 406-782-6278 or stop by at 133 West Park Street. Make your story legendary. Now, let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Butte Cast with Bill Foley. It's a podcast about the greatest city in the world, Butte America. Amen. Let's meet the people and characters who make Butte the richest hill on earth. Now, here's my dad, Bill Foley. Pretty much all of us are guilty of it. I know I've done it. I'm pretty sure you've done it too. We have all tweeted at or yelled something at an athlete from the stands, be it a high school, college, or professional athlete. A lot of us will do it again the next time we go to a game or watch one on television. Tommy Mallott had a great word for it. He told us to not dehumanize the players. Really, that is what we do when we hate a player because he plays for a team that we do not like. That is what we do when we hate a player for a team we do like when he's not playing up to par. I saw it when I went to Missoula to watch the Montana Grizzlies play the Idaho Vandals in a football game in October. It was my first Grizzly game as a fan since I was a student there in 1997. I left Washington Grizzly Stadium terribly disappointed. Not with the players for losing to a very good Idaho team. I was disappointed with the fans and the way they acted. Before the game, everyone was a Grizzly. They were all decked out in their maroon and silver. Some even wore the old school copper and gold. The Grizzlies were undefeated and their fans were on cloud nine. It was a celebration in Missoula in the hours leading up to the game. When an Idaho player picked off a pass and returned it to the one-yard line, setting up a late score that put the Vandals up by two touchdowns, the fans did not even wait for the Grizzly defense to take the field. In an instant, thousands of fans stood up and started streaming to the exits. It was disgusting. As long as you are winning, we are with you, is what the fans said. If you lose, then you can go to hell. I assume many of those fans were the same ones who were booing their own college football players before the Grizz made a great comeback in their playoff win over Southeast Missouri State. If there is one good thing that could possibly come out of the DeMar Hamlin scare is that maybe a few people will stop dehumanizing athletes. Hopefully, they will start seeing them as humans. That is what today's column is all about. You can read it for yourself at ButteCast.com. Tapper Light, DeMar Hamlin scare, brought out the best and the worst. In his viral comments following the Montana-Montana State football game, Bobcat quarterback Tommy Mallott used a loaded word. Quit trying to dehumanize those guys over there, the Butte High graduate said, in part, in a live television interview. Most people seemed to see what Mallott was saying. While it was probably not possible to do at the time, he was trying to save the Grizzly players in the moment. He knows what it is like to lose a big game, and he did not want his fans to pile on the Grizzlies. Since the comments seem to strike a chord with so many, there could be some hope that his words will help down the line. The word dehumanize is what really jumped out. It seemed to have a lot of people scratching their heads because it is not something that they thought they would hear following a sporting event. 
Looking back at it nearly two months later, it is easy to see that Malat used the perfect word. Dehumanizing is what sports fans, and so many of those in charge of running the games, do way too often. We clearly saw that when Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin nearly lost his life on live television last Monday night. Before Hamlin even made it to the hospital, Skip Bayless of the television show Skip and Shannon Undisputed tweeted that the game was too big to postpone. After it became apparent that the tweet clinched Bayless's spot as the biggest jerk in sports, he tweeted that he was sorry if his tweet was misunderstood. He never said he was sorry for being so insensitive or crude. He offered the if-you-were-offended apology, which is not an apology at all. It also made his tweet appear even worse since he is, after all, someone who makes a living with the written and spoken word. So, in addition to confirming his jerk status, he showed us that he is not that smart with words either. Others went to social media saying the game must be finished because of its fantasy football implications. None of those idiots, however, can compare to the National Football League when it comes to dehumanizing its players. After the ambulance left the field, the players were supposedly told they have five minutes to warm up to resume the game. The league denied this the next day, but it was clearly conveyed to the players. Why else would Joe Burrow start warming up by throwing that football? Why else would announcer Joe Buck repeatedly tell his audience that the players were getting five minutes before the game started again? As much as he has annoyed me over the last 25 years, Buck is a trusted voice. He would not make something like that up. Can you imagine if you were at your office and your co-worker drops to the floor with cardiac arrest? The co-worker is taken to the hospital after CPR was administered, and you are left wondering if he or she is going to make it as the ambulance drives away. Then your boss comes in and says, Okay, everybody, take five minutes to regroup and then get back to work. Pretty much every boss in pretty much every company has way too much compassion to even think about this. The NFL, though, said, back to work. It was clear that the coaches put a halt to such silliness. While the league tried to deny its insensitivity, we can easily see right through that. We have seen the league and teams dehumanize players so many times over the years that we know better. We saw that when Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa wobbled like a punch-drunk boxer after taking a hit in a game earlier this year. The Dolphins' doctor cleared the quarterback to go play, and the team told us it was a back injury. Unless the hit somehow turned the quarterback's spine into jello, it was clear to everyone in the free world that Tugaviola suffered a concussion. The Dolphins had him start a game four days later, and he could have easily been killed when he suffered another concussion when he was violently thrown to the turf by a Cincinnati Bengals defensive lineman. That the NFL makes players play games Sunday and then again on Thursday shows that they give very little about the health of the players in the first place. You see the NFL dehumanize players all the time. You see it when a roster bubble player is cut with an injury settlement the second he goes down in camp. You see it when a coach yells, next man up, when a player is hurt. It happens in other sports too. I once asked Butte native Rob Johnson how he played most of his season for the Seattle Mariners with torn labrums in both hips. I also asked him why. The pain must have been excruciating each time he crouched down to catch. The reason he played, Rob said, was that he knew they would send him down to the minors or maybe even cut him if he said he was hurt. Since he was not an established star, Johnson knew he was disposable. That is a word you hear in sports, too. They refer to human beings as expendable and disposable. Those are words we should say for cheap razors, not people. Thankfully, DeMar Hamlin is doing better. He is not out of the woods yet, but he has shown signs of improvement. If there is a silver lining to the Hamlin scare, it is that it also showed off the very best in people. We saw that with the first responders who literally brought Hamlin back to life on the football field. We saw that with the announcers and ESPN studio analysts. 
A script does not exist on how to handle such a situation, and for the most part, they handled it elegantly. We also saw the good from the fans donating millions of dollars to Hamlin's toy drive. His original goal for the drive was to raise $2,500. As of this weekend, it was over $8 million. You see it when you go out in the community and hear people talking about Hamlin. So many people are concerned for the young man whose name they probably never heard before. A divided country is united in its concern for a stranger. When the 24-year-old player fell to the field, most people saw him as something more than a football player. They saw him as someone who could have been their son, their brother, or their friend. They saw him as human. When it comes to cheering on professional or even college teams, most of us do not know a single player on the roster. Jerry Seinfeld once joked about that. You're actually rooting for the clothes when you get right down to it, he said. You are standing and yelling for your clothes to beat the clothes from another city. There is so much truth to that. Hopefully, this terrifying situation with DeMar Hamlin will help us all start to see the human beings inside of those clothes.